series, Use the Force, and it's amazing how cool and collective Scott was with all of the battle going on behind him. Boy, he's really tough, that Scott Ebert. He knows, doesn't shake him, he's good. Anyway, this is going to be great. The reason I had you go, you know, absolutely, yo, Adrian, because today we're titling this The Good Fight. So I'm going to just review for a couple minutes, but we got a lot of ground to cover today, and we can do it. But we're, I hope you're taking what we're teaching and you're putting it to use and God is using that and you're, you're finding out, hey, this stuff is really working. And again, just to clarify, even though we're using Star Wars and the force, we're not talking about that kind of force. We're talking about the force of faith. We're talking about the God kind of faith. We're not talking about, you know, but, but there is a force in faith and you can use it. And so we're just kind of playing off of that just to have some fun. But we've talked about uh, faith being a force. We've talked about the progression. Remember, word, faith things we've talked about faith being a servant rolling away the stone feeding our faith or feeding fear you know both of them need fed know this not one ounce of faith comes out of your head not one comes out of your head it comes out of your heart and your belief system and so faith can be there and people not know it or or not act on it because they're waiting for what they're waiting for their five senses to kick in I need to feel something I need to see something I need to see some reaction It doesn't mean that faith isn't there because remember faith is a spirit and those five senses don't operate in that spirit Now that can be a manifestation of that spirit so that you know what's going on You feel that or you see that because faith is already there. Are you with me? So we need to understand that just because you don't feel it doesn't mean faith isn't there it's not, it doesn't work with your senses. So our first thought for this morning, for faith to work, we got to say goodbye to our five senses. We can't rely on our senses to verify it because it's faith. It doesn't need our senses to verify it. And that was a real revelation to me because sometimes we're just like, oh, I just, I need to just feel that. Well, God gave you those feelings and that's true. But if you're going to live by your feelings, how many know your feelings are fickle? That's a true statement there. And if you're married, we all have fickle feelings. We don't, men, we don't act like women. Women, you don't act like men. Thank God. And if we get that mixed up, I'm sorry, the Bible says that's not right. Just saying. But we can't go by our feelings. We have to understand faith is there whether sometimes we feel it or not. And that's the place the devil never wants you to go. He never wants you to get to the place where you just believe because God said, I don't have to feel it, I don't have to see it. If God said it, that settles it. Because once you arrive there, once you get to that place, you've shown up in the corner of a good fight. In other words, you've shown up there in the corner and you're ready to go. Because it's a good fight, why? Because we always win if we're using faith. God never loses a battle. Faith is a lifestyle. Fear wants us to stop that party from happening. He doesn't want you to live in faith. He wants you to live in fear. But we know that God didn't give us a spirit of fear, but of power, love, and a sound mind. If you let fear operate, he brings all of his cousins from his family reunion there. Remember, we talk about worry and stress and strife and doubt and unbelief. And he brings all those guys in. And you cannot deal with fear naturally. We've talked about that. You can't just be... I can't just deal with him in the natural because, again, remember, if we drew that line, there's the spiritual above and the natural below. And the line below is all the five senses. So we have to deal with things spiritually. It has to be dealt with by God's spirit. And you cannot reason with fear. You you ever try to reason with a bully? 
I grew up, you know, just like every other kid in grade school, elementary school, and all that. And there were bullies in the school. You ever try to reason with a bully? How many remember watching the Brady Bunch? Remember Peter, the kid that was making fun of Cindy because of the way she talked? Because she lisped and she put things together. So Peter went over and, and his parents said, you just have to reason with him. Peter came home with a black eye and he said, buddy wasn't into reasoning. You can't reason with fear. You can't reason with a bully. The Bible says the violent take it by how? We have to take some things by force. We also talked about people of faith. We need to have four crazy friends at least around us if we can get them. Four, four friends that are just going to say they're, they're radical people. They don't care what people think. They just want to please God. They just want to do what God says. And so they got that guy in there on the stretcher, tore the roof off. Paul said, I'm a fool for Christ. We need people around us that are just all about God. We need people that say, you know what, I'm going to do it no matter what. God is with me. I'm going to help you with this. We just need a word from God. We, we need to have people or ourselves that we don't need 17 confirmations. We don't have to have, I need five people to come up to me and say this before I'll do that. I need the birds to spell out my name. I need the clouds to, you know, I need this, I need that. I need to see a, a license plate that says Obi-Wan Kenobi, you know, or whatever. You think I'm silly? I mean, I, I rode to work with a guy years ago to Honda, and if he saw something that made sense in the license plate, that's a sign. That's a sign. That license plate, you see that where that says 4567? I said, okay. I like those numbers. That's a sign for me to play the lotto. How'd you like to live by that? Honey, what happened to all the money? Well, I saw a license plate said 4567. We don't have any money. How's the home look to you? Okay. <laughs> Sometimes you have to encourage yourself in the Lord. You figure that? Sometimes there ain't nobody around you. You got to be like David and just say, you know what? I got to encourage myself. Nobody else is doing that. I got to do that because it's just you and God. Strong individuals surround yourself who can be strong on their own. Sometimes we just start thinking, well, God doesn't like me. He likes them, but he, he doesn't like me. He'll do it for them, but he won't do it for me. Can I tell you, God is no respecter of persons. The Bible says that. Now listen to me. Since God gave everybody a measure of his spirit, faith, faith is no respecter of persons either. So it can be used. Faith is a servant. You can do what God has called you to do. The Bible says it's impossible to please him without faith. So you got to use it. God can move through our kids back in the max just like he can move through adults out here. Say amen to that. Listen to that. It does, we don't have a Holy Spirit Junior we preach back there. You guys go back there because Junior is going to come back and help you. No, it's the same God back there. I'm telling you, we watch kids pray for, for adults. And they don't, kids don't, they don't know squat about forms or, or, or how to say or whatever. They'll just be like, you know, when Mal was little, this is what Mal saw Benny Hinn on TV. You might say, well, I don't know. But she would just go, okay, I'm going to pray for everybody. She'd go pray for kids in the neighborhood, pray for them, and go, fall down. <laughs> and they'd look at her, and she'd say, you're supposed to fall down. <laughs> she'd also, if they didn't do what she liked, she said, you're going to hell. <laughs> she doesn't even have the reason behind it. She just, I mean, you know what I'm saying? 
I'm not telling you you're going to hell or any of that. That's not what I'm saying. And I'm not saying every time you get prayed for, you need to fall down. I'm not saying that either. What I'm saying is kids just believe just because. They just believe because they don't understand, but they'll just say, if that's how it is and that's how it works, I'm good with that. Remember this, when you talk about faith, the spirit of faith begins to be released. When we start talking about faith, faith starts being released. And let me just ask you why. It's because life and death is in your mouth. And when we start speaking faith, then it starts responding because you're calling it. And it responds to belief-driven words. That's how critical this is. That's how, like, wow, you mean we put it into motion? Yes, you put it into motion. James 2, 17, 20. Thus also by faith itself, it does not have works, is dead. But someone will say, you have faith and I have works. Show me your faith without your works. I'll show you my faith by my works. You believe that there is one God, you do well. Even the demons believe and tremble. But do you want to know, O foolish man, that faith without works is dead? So it's our second point for this morning, our second thought. It's time for us to put our hand to it. It's time for us to put our hand to it. When you fight the good fight of faith, you're going to have to put some works out there. Talk is cheap. You talk to a bully, you can't reason with a bully. You can't reason with fear. Sooner or later, you're going to have to pop that. I'm just telling you, you're going to pop that bully in the nose. Because he won't shut up till somebody pops him in the nose. I'm not telling you to go fight. You're going to leave. I got my word. <laughs> I'm going to work. I'm going to tell my boss. <laughs> I don't understand, God, I'm out of a job. I'm not telling you to do that. It's it's not just as important to have faith, but it's also important to put it to work. To make faith a servant, to put faith to work. There's nothing that faith cannot do. Jesus said, according to your faith, be it unto you. And we live in an information age. We live in just a click of a button. You can find out anything almost. True or not true, and most people think it's on the internet, it's true, it's got to be true, it's on the web. Please, verify your sources. Everything on the net is not true. That's like saying, reading the National Enquirer and all the facts, and that's your whole current events. That's everything's true in those four-headed monsters seen outside of the White House. There you go. I'm just saying, be careful, be Be wise. Faith needs no details. By his stripes, I'm healed. That's what the Bible says. We have to, well, how's God going to do that? Because you see, the doctor said, you don't have to know how God's going to do that. You just have to believe that God's going to do that. Details many times are for the enemy. Now, listen to me. God is into details, but he doesn't want you to get your focus on the details. There's a whole big difference because he can say, I'm going to do this. I'm going to do that. And I'm going to do this. Cool, as long as it gets done. The enemy will give you details or try to give you details that may not happen or could happen or might not happen and get you to focus on that and then shove in some doubt. And once he shoves that in, then you start wondering, did God even say this? Come on, I'm telling you the truth because he did it to Eve. Did God say that about that tree? Is that what he, is that what he said? Because he's going to try to get into some detail to kind of get it to twist. So that he can get your focus off what God is telling you to do. Because if we do that, it pulls us down, listen, to the natural level and to the realm of our five senses. And it will short circuit your faith. Because you're going to allow doubt in there. You're going to allow unbelief in there. And you're going to allow, then you're going to, why is it taking so long? Why are you doubting? Well, I have to know all of this. Why? 
It's okay if God wants you to know it, and it's okay if he shows you the details, but don't get caught up in the details. Get caught up in what the promise is. You know, God might tell you something, and somebody would say, how is that even? Brett, you must be drinking NyQuil. (laughs) How's that even going to happen? You know, and sometimes you want to go, I don't know. And if I told you, it's going to sound stupid. I don't know how it's going to happen. Here's what I think. And it's going to sound, but here's what you know. I don't know, but I just know. I know he's told me he's got it taken care of. I don't know if he's going to do it this way. Here's kind of what I think, but I don't know. And frankly, let me just tell you, I don't care. In a service one time, and the Lord was just all over Kim. And Kim's just little. She's tiny. She needs me. And we were sitting in a seat. We were up front. And I don't know, John Kilpatrick or Steve, somebody prayed for her. And she flopped over in the seat, just fell over. She's tiny. And out of nowhere comes a, a rather large woman. And she kept stepping back. She made like four of Kim. And she stood in front of her chair like this. And she started doing this. And I'm over here wanting to go like this. No, no. Because this is what I'm thinking. You'll kill her. And I was so worried about what the detail of this woman falling on my little wife. She might be little in size, but not inside. But I was like, and this is the Lord spoke to me. And he said, would you quit worrying about that? And I said, but what happens to her? And this is what he said to me. He said, what do you care as long as I take care of it. I had to just go, okay. And you know what? She never sat on her. I quit worrying about it. And she kind of shuffled on down. And when she hit the ground, we all kind of went like that. But she never sat on her. Once I started in faith, I had to stay in faith. You see, somebody would just be like, you know, when we started this church, the district of the assembly said, it can't be done. They said, what are you going to do? I said, I'm going to go back to Marion. I'm going to start a church. He said, what are you going to do in the meantime? I said, I'm going to start a church. He said, what are you going to do for a job? I said, that will be my job. He said, that is impossible. You can't do it. You can't leave a full-time position and go to another full-time position that hasn't even been created yet. I said, I don't know what I'm going to do. I don't know how. That's all I know. That's what I'm going to do. And to this day, we'll be 11 years old next month, and that's what's happened. What I'm telling you is we didn't have all the details. Some of you got a word. Oh, that's why I'm going to go tell my boss I'm getting me a new job. I'm leaving today. I did that in faith. So you got to understand you have to have you have to have that word from God. Remember Peter, Jesus said, come, Peter had asked him. Was it God's? Let me ask you this question. Was God's will for Peter to walk on the water? Yes. Is it God's will for you to do the supernatural? Yes. Okay, but to do the supernatural, we have to think supernaturally. We got to put our natural mind and leave that and get to the super mind by saying, God, I need your thoughts. His thoughts aren't your thoughts, but you need him to download some things so you can leave this realm of the natural of the senses. I don't have to see it, feel it, taste it, hear it. I don't have to have any of that. God, if you it's here. So you just have to show that's all right. However you want to do it. You see, we got a lot of people that aren't willing to think that way because it goes against the grain of everything in the world teaches. Everything actually in the church world as well has not taught that. 
It's like petting a, a cat backwards. Peter started looking around as he started to sink. He cried out one of the shortest prayers ever. Lord, save me. And Jesus was right there to help. So let me just tell you, if you step out and you feel like you're sinking, you get your mind on something else, Jesus is right there to help you. He's right there. And remember, he's always going to help you. How many went to the circus when you were a kid? Remember that? Ringling Brothers and Barnum and Bailey. Remember when the tightrope walkers... Would they get up on there and they'd have the sticks and they'd do all that and they'd walk and they have that net. And even when they fell, I always thought as a kid, how cool, because that net was like a spring. They fall on that. And then when they got off, they were all just like, and I'm like, oh, that's cool. I remember telling my mom we went to a circus one time, I'm like, I want to do that. And she looked at me, she said, you will never do that. Remember then if they're up on that line and then they take away the net, then everybody's like, oh, and they're up there on a bicycle or up there with a stick. Can I just say, sometimes when we're walking in faith, we kind of feel like that. We kind of feel like, okay, that's a long way down. And there's no net. Let me tell you something. God is your net. God is your net. Now listen to me. And your net is new every morning. You can, God's not going to leave you in your comfort zone. He's not going to keep you there. That, you know, when we pray and fast, that's one of those reasons. He's like, I love you, Brett. I need to change some things in you. So he's going to pull that. And I'm like, God, you're taking away my net. But he's saying, I'm right here. I'll help you if you fall. You see, and we don't want to put any doubt in that. You start putting doubt. Doubt doesn't need a whole lot to grow. They don't eat much, but once they start eating... Just like a snowball. Here's number three, our thought number three. So we want to keep doubt out. Three is, once you start in faith, don't stop. Once you start in faith, don't stop. Like I said, 11 years ago, out of our living room, we started this church. We had to keep believing in it. We had to keep trying, keep doing, keep whatever he said. And now listen to me. It had to work because he gave me the word to do it. And as long as I put my hand to it, faith is a law, and faith wins every time. You cannot change the law if you operate in it. I can, I can not like gravity. It's still going to work if I jump off the building. Doesn't matter if I don't like it. It's a law. I can't change it. I have to supersede it by the law of lift. God gave you a word. If he tells you to do it, you put your hand to it. That's all you need. And as long as you stay true and obedient to that word, it will work. Do you hear me? It will work. Now, whether you put uh, it to work or not is up to you. Whether you back off or quit, that's up to you. The Bible says the just are to live by what? Faith. And God wants you to use your faith. So let me get you thinking a second. What are you going to use your faith on? What are you going to, and I mean, think about it. Never get money at Christmas or your birthday, and you can't really decide what to spend it on. But you're like, oh, I I should get that. You go into a store. I've had gift cards, and I walked into Cabela's. That's dangerous. Now I know what girls feel like in a makeup store or something. I walked into Cabela's, and the only thing on my mind is, I wish this card was more. (laughs) Because everything, I'm like, ooh, how much is... Okay, (laughs) you know what I'm saying? But it's like, what would you use your faith for? Would you use it to pay bills? Do you have enough faith? God, will you bring in some money for bills? Do you have enough faith to say, God, 
I, I want to I be debt-free this year. 2017 is my year to be debt-free. So how am I going to do that? God, I'm believing you for extra income, ideas or concepts to do that. So you can send faith out as a servant. How about school money? I want to go to school. Maybe you're a college student. I need some school money. Or maybe you need to pay off a school debt. Then start putting your faith on that. Clothes, health. I mean, Kim and I there for a long time, we didn't have health insurance. We started putting our faith on that. We have health insurance now. Some people say, well, that's not faith. That's just wisdom. So what I'm saying is, what are you using your faith on? Luke 17, 11 through 19. Happens he went to Jerusalem. He passed through the midst of Samaria and Galilee, and he entered a certain village. There, ten lepers who stood afar off. They lifted up their voices. Jesus, Master, have mercy on us. So when he saw them, he said to them, go show yourself to the priest. And so it was as they went, say that as they went, they were cleansed. And one of them, when he saw that he was healed, returned and with a loud voice glorified God, fell down at his face at his feet, giving him thanks. And he was a Samaritan. So Jesus answered and said, were there not ten cleansed? Where are the nine? Were not any found to return to give glory to God except this foreigner? And he said to them, arise, go your way. Your faith has made you well. So what made him whole or well? His faith, okay? He did not say God's power made you well, although we know God's power was used in that faith to operate that. He did not say, I made you well, him being Jesus, knowing that he is used, he's God, and he's using the power to make by the faith of this man to make him well. He didn't say any of that. This is what he said. He put it all on him. Your faith has made you whole. Think about that. Your faith has made you whole. So does your faith need to be fed? How often? Always, every day. You need to feed your faith every day. So we are going to feed our faith, and who feeds your faith? What feeds your faith? You're going to feed it by doing what? Romans 10, 17. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. So you're going to feed your faith, and you're going to feed it every day. You're going to be responsible to feed your faith. It's kind of like feed your face, but you're feeding your faith. Say that fast, it sounds like I'm lifting. I'll feed my faith. But you need to feed your faith. You're going to be responsible to feed it. And as you feed it, it grows. And as it grows, it gets stronger. And remember, faith is a servant. You're going to put it to work. 2 Corinthians 4.13. Since we have the same spirit of faith according to what is written, I believed and therefore I spoke. We also believe and therefore speak. Battles are necessary to get you to where you're going. Some people, you know, I don't like the, the valleys. I love the mountaintops. How many, you know, you like mountaintops? I do too. Can't really appreciate the mountaintop if I've never been in the valley. And it's in the valley that I learned how to get on the mountaintop. On the mountaintop, I didn't see any, you know, how-to lessons to be up here or to stay up here. We all learn down in here, down in the trenches. God will take you from glory to glory. 1 John 5, 4 and 5. For whatever is born of God overcomes the world, and this is the victory that, overco- that overcomes the world, our faith. Who is he who overcomes the world but he who believes that Jesus is the Son of God? According to the word, the violent take it by force. We have to believe everything the Bible says. 1 John 5, 19. We've got a lot of scripture today, but you need it. I'm going to build your faith up before this is over. We know that we are of God, and the whole world uh, lies under the sway of the wicked one. One translation says the control of the evil one. John 16, 33, these things I've spoken to you, that in me you may have peace. In the world you will have tribulation, but be of good cheer, I have overcome the world. 
So I looked up tribulation. The definition of tribulation is this. Severe affliction, distresses in life, vexations, often denotes trouble and distresses which proceed from persecution. That's not even fun to say. Remember, after Jesus comes to take us all home, the world's going to go through a seven-year what? I'm going to help you. I believe that would be tribulation. You are a student. Good job. Yes, tribulation. I don't want to be here, do you? I want to be gone, baby. I want to be up there. And people will be, well, I don't know. There's, there's pre-trib. There's, there's post-trib. There's mid-trib. Some believe we'll go out before. I believe that. Some people will, believe, will go out in the middle, you know, and half of it's over. Some people believe we're going to go through it and we'll go out at the end. Here's the, you know, this is a detail. I would rather go out before. But as long as I'm going, ha-ha, I'm going. So, baby, I'm still making the train, and I'm still going. So I'm just going to get my mind on, on that because I don't know when Jesus is coming back, and neither do you. Matter of fact, he's waiting on the Father. Is it time? And, and God's going to tell him. How do I know I'm going to make it? How do you know you're going to make it? By faith. That's exactly right. And how do I get faith to know I'm going to make it? The word of God. So I'm going to feed my faith the word of God. 2 Corinthians 2, 14a, the first part of it. Now, thanks be to God who always leads us in triumph in Christ. 1 Corinthians 15, 57. Thanks be to God who gives us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. So do I win a few or do I lose a few? You're going to win every time. He always wins. God always wins. He always, always, according to the scripture, causes me to triumph. He always gives me the victory. Psalm 34, 7. The angel of the Lord encamps all around those who fear him and delivers them. I like that verse. I like knowing that I got angels encamped around me. How about you? I got angels around my house. I got angels around my barn. I got angels around my car. I'm telling you, I'm looking at people. If you'll just understand faith, you can put, serv- you can put faith to work as a servant. Angels could be all about wherever you step your foot. Psalm 34, 19, many are the afflictions of the righteous, but the Lord delivers him out of most of them. Some of them, every other one. It says he delivers us out of them all. If you look up all, guess what that means? All. It means every one of them. Psalm 37, 25, I have been young, now I'm old. I've not seen the righteous forsaken, nor his descendants begging bread. I'm here to tell you this morning, you're going to get your inheritance. You're going to get your health. You're going to get your man, ladies. You're going to get your wife, guys. Look at some of you, I love church. It's just wonderful. But I'm believing whatever you're believing, it lines up with the word. You're going to get it, but you have to continue to believe and put your hand to it. Joshua 1, 3, every place that the sole of your foot will tread upon, I have given you, as I said to Moses. I love this scripture. I declare it every day. Joshua 1, 5, no man shall be able to stand before you all the days of your life. As I was with Moses, so I will be with you. I will not leave you nor forsake you. Let me just tell you, the enemy is going to try to fight you. He's going to try to stop you, and it brings us to our fourth point today. But God, everybody say, but God. Come on, say it one more time, but God. He, he is right there with you, and he's not going to leave you. The fight's going to be good because you're going to win because God is on your side. 
and we won't take our eyes off the word of God. Faith always declares the outcome before the fight ever starts. I watched a guy one time when I was working at Honda. He, this is before the Super Bowl. Now, the Super Bowl's coming up. We've got two games today, and those two winners are going to be in the Super Bowl. So it'll be the Patriots and somebody else. <laughs> I'm just declaring it beforehand, wherever Bill Wyatt is. Look at Bill back there with his Pittsburgh jersey. Say that again. <laughs> Listen to me now. This guy said, I can tell you the score. Am I on? Oh, you're fired. <laughs> That's not right. You're terminated. <laughs> Get to the chopper. <laughs> Something wrong with the way that went down. <laughs> anyway, this guy, he, this is what he said. I'm sitting at the table, and this is what he says. He said, the Super Bowl was coming up, and he goes, I'm gonna, I'll bet you five bucks. I can tell you the score before the Super Bowl. I can tell you the score before the game even. And the guy's like, are you kidding me? And he said, no, $5. The guy says, no, you can't. He said, put your money down where your mouth is. The guy slaps $5 down. The guy grabs it and goes zero to zero. That was the score before it starts. That guy was mad, man. That other guy was like, he wasn't giving his $5 back either. Now listen, faith always declares the outcome before the fight ever starts. The odds were against David. Goliath is a giant. He's a trained assassin. He's got a PhD in butt kicking. I mean, Goliath, he's been in battles. He knows what he's doing. But God. But God had told David. Now listen, it doesn't make any difference what the size you're facing. It doesn't make any difference what the mountain is. It doesn't make any difference what the problem is. It doesn't make any difference what the world thinks. It doesn't make any difference even what you think. But God. What does God say about you? If you went to God and said, God, you know what? I have this pain. God is going to call you well and whole. If you need God, I, I'm poor. He's going to look at you and his word says, you are rich and wealthy. But God, we start declaring what God says. If God be for you, who can be against you? 1 Samuel 17, 43. He says, so the Philistine says to David, am I a dog? You come to me with sticks and the Philistine cursed David by his gods. And the Philistine said to David, come to me and I'll give your flesh to the birds of the air and the beasts of the field. And David said to the Philistine, I like this. You come to me with a sword and a spear and with a javelin. But I come to you in the name of the Lord of hosts, the God of the armies of Israel, whom you have defiled. If you have a Bible and you're looking at it right now or you're on your device, then highlight these two words this day. This day the Lord will deliver you into my hand, and I will strike you and take your head from you. And this day I will give the carcasses of the camp of the Philistines to the birds of the air and to the wild beasts of the earth, that all the earth may know that there's a God in Israel. David declared the outcome before the fight ever started, and so can you. Because if you're operating by a word of God, if you're operating by something God said in you, if you're operating by something God spoke to you, then you can declare this day this thing changes today i said it before there's a new sheriff in town today's the day this day things change come on give god a hand clap for that sometimes you just got to say it faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word but bread i don't feel it but god it doesn't matter about your feelings what is god saying I mean, what does God say? Has he told you to take it? But God, they're too many. God, they're too big. I look like a grasshopper. But God, 
We need some Joshua and Caleb's in this house. We need some people that'll say, you know, it doesn't matter what anybody else says. If God said it, that settles it. I don't care if you feel it or not, you need to say it. When you say it, you can decree it. The Bible says you shall decree a thing and it shall be established. David established that. He's telling Goliath, man, I'm telling you what, I might be little, but I know how to get ahead in life. That'll hit you on your way out. Numbers 23, 19. God is not a man that he should lie, nor a son of man that he should repent. He has said, and he will, we'll see. He has said, and will he not do? Or has he spoken, and will he not make it good? You see, we are the representatives of God on this earth. You are his agents. You are the ones that are doing his bidding, doing what God wants us to do to show his kingdom strong. And he's going to back you up. David said, this day shall the Lord deliver you into my hands. So did God deliver him? Yes. When did he deliver him? David declared it this day. What if David would have said, hey, next Tuesday at four o'clock, you be out here. We're going to rumble. Well, then he would have delivered him next Tuesday at four o'clock. But David had had enough. You ever had enough? Man, and God just said, speak it. Man, just speak it then today. You know, we, if you need to be out of debt, declare today, I'm getting out of debt today. Well, will all that happen today? No, but you put your hand to it. It'll happen a lot quicker than you think. Many times we reason away God to do anything right now. Well, God's going to need a few days because this is pretty big trouble. I mean, this big mountain is going to take God a while. He's going to have to put his act together. He's probably going to pull from a whole lot of resources. Not. But God. But God. I feel there's some suddenly's going to come in this room. Some people are going to grab what, what God is trying to tell you today, and you're going to declare a thing and get it established. How about Elijah? He challenged the prophets that were hanging out at Jezebel's table. He said, call your God and get him to light this fire. And they danced around the altar a bit. <laughs> Do all whatever they did. They cut themselves. They did all kinds of stuff. Nothing. Nothing. They beat themselves. They're hoping for God to do something, their God to do something. Nothing. Then Elijah started trash talking. He starts saying something. He must be on vacation. Maybe your God's in the bathroom. I mean, you should read the account. This is, I mean, he's just like in their business. So then he says this. He said, get out of my way, boys. Just get out of my way. Clear the field. And he says, I want you to get some water. Put it all on that wood. Soak it real good. Put it all on Make it deep. Put that water on there. Because I'm going to show you my God can light wet wood. Here's our next thought. God is able. God is able. Stop trying to make it easy on God. Elijah's, I mean, it's much easier. I just tried to light a big brush pile the other day. I came in and said, it's too wet. Wood won't light. Made me think about what we just wrote. Think about what Elijah did. Put it, soak it with water. He's not soaking it with kerosene or anything. Soak it with water. Because in the natural, that ain't lighting. But see, God supersedes the natural. He's showing everybody, look, I'm declaring, I'm establishing something right now. My God can light wet wood. My God is going to knock your God out of the water. My God is going to take care of business. 
And within just a little bit, boy, I tell you what, all those prophets, they didn't really live to tell about it, but they got to see it because God came down and lit that whole thing. God is able. It doesn't have to make sense. It's not designed to make sense. Listen to me. It's designed to make faith. We want it to make sense. Quit making sense with it. Just it's designed to make faith. Faith doesn't have to make sense to you. It has to go above that line. I'm almost finished. Remember those women who brought spices to anoint Jesus? They couldn't get to him. They knew they couldn't get to him. They were there when they sealed the tomb. They sealed it with, I don't know what they sealed it with, some kind of sealant. (laughs) And they put two guards out there. And they went ahead and bought spices. How are they going to get to anoint Jesus' body? How are they going to get there? They can't even get in. But they did it anyway because God did something and told them to do it. And when they got there, the stone was rolled away. What are you telling me? I'm saying this day. I'd start declaring. You know, tomorrow by this time. Or, you know, Kim and I have got some things. We said by this day, this was what will happen. We have established a thing. We are declaring a thing. You don't know how God's going to do it, but you know he's going to do it. He's going to fulfill his promise. I don't have to know the details, but God, I just have to believe. It is going to be faith that will be released. It'll be faith that gets it done. It's so many times it's easier to say what you feel than what your faith needs. Isn't it? But we have to say what God says. And that's the key. And I'm going to close this up. We say what God says. We speak the end result. What are you believing for? What have you established? What are you saying? Faith has to be fed. How's it get fed? By the word of God. Who's going to feed it? You're going to feed it. Quit waiting on somebody else to feed it. You get busy. You pull up the food to the table. And you start feeding that faith. You start thinking about it. You start And what you declare out of your mouth. There's some things that have been happening in your house too long and you need to declare that today it stops. Declare it's done. Whatever you need, I'm declaring this. What you don't have, put your faith to work on that and watch what happens. You believe that? Give your neighbor a high five. Bow your heads, close your eyes. We got through it.